Exploring the Bizarre. Your e-ticket ride into the world of the paranormal. Strap yourself in as we traverse the universe exploring the unexplained. UFOs, ghosts, lost worlds, cryptozoology, as well as other dimensions. It's time to take back the night. Now, your electrifying hosts of Exploring the Bazaar, Timothy Beckley and Tim Swartz. Tim, Tim, uh, what are we doing in the cemetery? Did, did someone we know die? Well, really, uh, a lot of my friends are dying to get out of, out of here. But uh, actual, actually, I was trying to communicate with the spirit of Ed Wood so that he would help us celebrate Halloween with high jubilance and in a respectful manner. Did you manage to get in touch with him? Well, sure, sure, sure I did. We did a movie in tribute to him a few years back, remember? And we've been friends ever since, even though I'm here. <laughs> Mr. Creepo is here. And Ed Wood is there. Well, yeah, you certainly are, Mr. Creepo. Oh, indeed. And I have risen for the evening. Back amongst the living, I guess, huh? Well, for a short while, anyway. <laughs> if as, lo as long as the distributors allow it, right? <coughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> as, long, as long as we have two listeners, uh, I will be here. Every every week. <laughs> well, I'm happy to hear that. And uh, happy uh, uh, Halloween. Well, almost my Halloween. cohort. Well, almost Halloween. Well, by yeah. time a lot of people hear this, it'll be uh, uh, it'll be time to carve the pumpkin. Well, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the entire month of October is is Halloween. You know, I mean this this time of year. This is my Christmas. <laughs> you know, even though uh, Christmas is already starting to encroach uh, on yeah. on this territory, I, I I took a picture and uh, posted it on Instagram the other day that showed this this bizarre juxtaposition uh, between Christmas and Halloween with these uh, uh, Halloween decorations up at the uh, uh, local big box store. Uh, sitting right next to uh, uh, Christmas trees and wrapping paper and things like that. Mm. So, so it's just like, you know, uh, uh, happy Halloween slash Christmas. Well, I I like my um, Halloween, and uh, everybody in my family always liked uh, uh, Halloween, and I guess Halloween is responsible for having me uh, become a, a talented horror host. But... Uh, uh, tonight we are all horror hosts, I, I do believe, and uh, I think we want to welcome our guests at this point, uh, uh, Tim. And uh, why don't you tell us who are we are going to be celebrating uh, with? Well, it'll be my pleasure. Well, first of all, uh, we have with us uh, all the way from uh, uh, across the pond, uh, we have Mark Anthony Rains, aka Ghost Man. Now, uh, Mark has been a student in cryptozoology and the paranormal uh, since uh, being a volunteer for the uh, Center for Fortean Zoology. 
and as, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and as well now, uh, uh, Mark suffered at uh, one time in his life, and, uh, and we should ask him when this happened. A, a catastrophic medical emergency, which put him in a, a three-week coma. And during this time, he claims that uh, he was not in uh, the real world or the afterlife, but I guess maybe someplace in between. Uh, it wasn't until he heard a woman's voice telling him to wake up that he made the decision to return to the land of the living, a.k.a. his, or hence, his, a.k.a. Ghost Man. Now, Rain believes in the reality of uh, UFOs, Bigfoot, and other paranormal experiences, uh, which he uses as a uh, jumping-off point for his uh, black-and-white-style uh, cartoons and songs. Uh, he's also fascinated by the uh, world of horror films and how they developed out of a, a number of different sources. Uh, Reigns is the host of the Hallsworthy Mark podcast show, uh, the number one podcast station in Hallsworthy, Devon, UK, and he's also the Ghost Man Horror Shows uh, Horror Show uh, podcast. Let me say that again: the Ghost Man Horror Host podcast. That's a mouthful. Toy boat. With us also, and we're very happy, uh, I, I, I wasn't quite sure if uh, Mr. Lobo was going to be able to be with us tonight, but uh, we have uh, uh, Mr. Lobo. So in the spirit of Elvira, Zachary, and other horror film hosts, Mr. Lobo is the mysterious host of the late night movie program, Cinema Insomnia, a cult sensation for 17 years and counting. Now he also stars as the amazing Criswell in the new film, Plan 9, which uh, was released in 2016. That's a remake oh. of Ed Wood's Plan 9 from Outer Space. And uh, you can see that on Amazon Prime. His show, is oh. yeah, his show is nationally syndicated on broadcast affiliates and seen on Roku and other streaming devices and channel. And now on his own internet-based channel, OSI74, he lords over late night slumber party fun with his patented blend of humor, satire, and he's currently crowdfunding his newest season on uh, patreon.com slash cinema insomnia. So uh, I just want to wish, uh, or, uh, whoa, Oh, my gosh, I almost forgot. I guessed, him that we are also going to have a visit tonight from Mr. Creepo himself. We heard a little oh, bit from wow. him at the beginning of the program. Uh, so, you, uh, could, you could almost could almost count on, on that as many fingers as he has, all 15 <laughs> of them. Well, now, Mr. Creepo is the uh, producer, director, and actor of such films as New Jersey Lingerie uh, Party Massacre, uh, The Curse of Ed Wood, Skin-Eating Jungle Vampires, and Blood-Sucking Vampire Feats, Freaks. All of these are available on DVDs and on various, probably, pirated (laughs) channels all across the uh, all across the globe and i guess that uh, i I heard one time that uh, uh, the uh, the curse of ed wood was uh, extremely big in japan so uh gentlemen russia russia too uh, yeah russia i I can't uh, can't yeah you get big big royalty payments there from uh, uh, all the films in the in in, uh, in Russia, uh, actually, you know, I, I was looking on YouTube, and the um, uh, Curse of Ed Wood is up there. Anybody can watch it for for free. I don't make a dime on it. Uh, <laughs> at, uh, actually, though, that's that did very well over the uh, years. Uh, it's kind of semi adult entertainment. Uh, you know, it's uh, some nudity in it and lots of <coughs> blood, of course. I mean, what would we 
Mr. Creepo be without a, a blood and the naked ladies to chase around when they're not chasing him, of course. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, I, I, I want to wish all of our uh, guests welcome to Exploring the Bazaar on this uh, uh, Halloween horror movie edition. And pass the candy corn. Pass the candy <laughs> No, let's not pass the candy corn. <laughs> <laughs> Though I guess if you combine candy corn, Tim, with um, peanuts, they taste, they, they, they taste like a payday, payday candy bar. Well, my goodness. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll have to try that when my, when my sugar level is off. Yeah, that's right. My my daughter taught me that one. So, you know, get that for Yeah, 12-year-olds, they know everything. Well, Tim, why don't we get the program rolling this evening, huh? Let you start out. Well, sure. Well, why don't we start with uh, with with Mark? Now, um, I met uh, Mark, aka Ghost Man, uh, when he had me on as a guest on his Howlsworthy Mark podcast show, and uh, uh, I've also been seen on uh, uh, Facebook his uh, his Ghost Man horror host. So, uh, Mark, why don't you uh, uh, tell us a little bit uh, uh, about yourself? Um, how you got uh, involved in all this? I want to hear about your, um, I, I guess your 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 near death experience, and also, uh, you know, what got you interested first in uh, uh, like you know horror films and and things like that. Hi, uh, uh, good morning, good evening, as, as we would say. Yeah, it's uh, three it's I, three a.m. there where you are, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it's like. <laughs> yeah, uh, basically, yes. I what years ago I was in a coma. Um, I, I at the time my blood sugar level was one two four. Yeah. But basically, it was like there. Yeah, it was quite high, but like night death high. <laughs> so I I don't remember being in the ER, but I went straight through to ER, straight to uh, intensive care, and my wife uh, kept with me all the time. I was three weeks in the coma. I, I, I didn't hear, um, you know, when they say in coma, you hear people talking. I didn't hear anybody talking to me. You know, those three weeks, I have completely gone out of my life. I don't. You could tell me anything in those three weeks. And I would totally believe you. And uh, when I heard the woman's voice, it was definitely a voice I didn't. I've never heard since or before. It's never. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a woman's voice of. I don't recognise. And I had an overwhelming feeling to wake up. It was very, very strong. And, so, um, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and, um, and it was uh, quite scary when I woke up first off, because when you wake up, like you've been in, you're sort of thinking, where am I? What am I doing here? And you're all attached to these tubes and buzzing noises going everywhere and it's like (laughs) so the uh the the voice telling you to wake up it it wasn't your wife or a nurse or or somebody like that because you know you know the skeptics are always going to ask you that oh well it was just you know the nurse or a doctor telling you to wake up i can i can understand why they would think that because I, I have read out of the scientific reasons behind why your brain can play tricks on you mm-hmm. I seriously do believe I, this is just my personal opinion but I seriously do believe it was my spirit guide or my guardian angel 
So now, had you been interested in, say, like the you know the supernatural and the paranormal before this incident? Not really. I've got to be honest about that. Yeah. It, did, it has drawn me more and more into the paranormal. So do you 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 think this you know this near death experience you know may have been the uh, jumping off point for um, your interest and and all the different things. Uh, that you do now, because I, you know, I, you know, checking you out online. I mean, uh, you have a lot of interest. <laughs> yes, I, I, I would be called in this country eccentric. Oh, probably over there a bit weird, but I, I, I like to be. Um, I'm a slightly manic, not completely manic, but I get very productive. <clears throat> now, oh, okay, so uh, yeah, how many years ago was the uh, incident uh, in the coma? Oh, about four or five. Four or five years ago. Okay. So uh, when you came out of the coma, you said you had no recollection. It's not like when we say near-death experience, you didn't go to the other side. You didn't see Jesus. Uh, no, you, didn't, uh, you didn't go to a great grassy, know where you were met by uh, uh, your parents or other uh, you know, uh, loved ones. So now, have you have you thought about that uh, since then? I mean, because the majority of uh, incidences or episodes where people uh, have near death experiences, they uh, uh, they have uh, you know recollections like I just kind of described. Uh, do you see a discrepancy there, or or uh, do you think you were hanging out in a, some kind of uh, um, limbo? Well, I I seriously believe that I was in between uh, the real world and the other world because I, I ever since I, I think what happened is I touched like my version of heaven I think I don't think there is a real heaven and hell I think we have our own version of heaven and a hell that we go to well would you say though that um, uh, there have been I, I've studied this I I'm not a spiritualist but I I have read a lot of the uh, uh, the uh, literature, both modern and, of course, going back, uh, you know, a hundred or more years. But it was a very a popular uh, religion or phenomena. What happened in the uh, in the séance uh, room? Would you say that uh, there is any truth to people who say that they have, uh, you know, afterlife experiences or can communicate with the dead, or when you're dead, are you dead? I, 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 well, I can only go from my own personal appearance. I, 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 I have since then. I can. I have had a. I know this is going to sound really weird now. I have a strange aromas now and again. I can smell strange things like strawberries out of blue or, uh, like a dark, damp must smell, like death smell mm. now and again. Mm. I mean, I, I can't prove it. I can't say it's. Mm. It's not a science thing. But I can only mm -hmm. go what my own experiences. We we had a lady on uh, one time who had written a uh, a book. I think her name was Nancy. Was it a Tim Penny from so, yeah, Heaven? Yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, and, that's and, right. Yeah, yeah, and and she lived in old oh, the Bible Belt, and you know, uh, of course, down there, if there's any, uh, you know, if you say anything about the life after death or. Uh, uh, you know, uh, going to the uh, other side of the the veil, uh, they'll either say, oh, there's nothing to it or it's uh, demonic. But she said, you know, when you talk to them and you get right down to it, 
they may not see the apparition of their uh, uh, their husband or their grandfather, but they smell the uh, you know the pipe or the cigar he was smoking on the front porch, or hear the rocking chair moving back and forth, or they smell grandma's uh, apple pie. So you know, I guess we all have a a different um, way of of dealing uh, with the possibility of uh, you know an after uh, afterlife. I mean, I'm I'm kind of in the uh, the middle about it. I mean, uh, there are all these experiences where people seem to have passed uh, over and all, but uh, I don't know if I'm going to meet uh, Jesus when I uh, uh, get there. I'm not sure he wants to meet me. Uh, <laughs> you might get to do, and he might say, "Sorry, sir, we have." <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know how many how many people can <laughs> how many people can you know like uh, sit at his feet or something like that? It, it's just uh, I don't know. It it, it seems. Some of the uh, the stories and all seem a little bit too uh, uh, pat, but uh, have you have you ever had any experiences like with these ghost box or uh, EVPs? You know, messages from uh, uh, supposedly from uh, the, the people on the other side. Well, I, I'm just very new to that bit of the side of the thing I, because mostly I talk to people that do it, so I can't mm-hmm. really answer that to be honest. Mm-hmm. How, how long have you been doing your show? Oh, uh, I started the 22nd of the 12th, 2017. Mm. I'm now and, over... And so, oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, go ahead. No. I was going to say, I'm over 1,600 episodes. No, how is that possible? What, you do it every night? Well, I do loads. I, I can do about, I do about uh, three or four different things in one day. I do stories. Oh I cover uh-huh. UFOs. I do. Oh my! God. I find you, things you that are, I find interesting. You you are a busy uh, uh, a, a gentleman. So, what would you say is the best evidence that you've seen for the uh, paranormal? I mean, what what do you kind of uh, zero in on? I think just talking to people, people that have been through their personal experiences. I listen to them when I do the interviews, and I try not to judge what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And when you listen to them carefully, you can see that they 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 are coming through very uh, articulate and very passionate about what they believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you you're also into the uh, horror film genre. Yes, correct. Yes. Uh huh. And was that uh, uh, before um, uh, you uh, your interest in the paranormal? Because there isn't necessarily a big uh, overlap. I we know science fiction people seem to detest anything paranormal. Uh, uh, horror horror people we. We, of course, I, I having made the uh, horror films, uh, we have quite a few uh, horror friends on um, on uh, uh, Facebook. They seem to be a lot more uh, open uh, to uh, the uh, you know the paranormal and UFOs than uh, uh, people in the uh, the science fiction uh, community. Well, I grew up watching Hammer horror films. Mm, yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's my favorite. That is my, that's how I 
I used to find her quite scary in the day. I mean, nowadays, I, I, of course, they don't. Most people say, "Oh, how was you scared by that?" But I think it's the atmosphere they created. Mm-hmm. Can you remember the first uh, horror film that you saw? Dracula. Dracula. Mm-hmm. Which I started to say, which one? The horror. Well, here, here in the states, it was released as Horror of Dracula. Yes, it's always weird well, how they change the titles. We have ju- we have just found out that Dracula may have been an alien. Wow! Uh, we have we well we have a book uh, coming out. Oh, uh, okay. Scott Cor- Scott Corrales is the uh, the author uh, the main author, but we have um, uh, the chapters in there by uh, a British uh, friend of ours, uh, Nigel uh, Watson, and quite a few uh, other people. And there's a fellow in Romania. Uh, they've actually got uh, where uh, Blandy and Paler uh, resided. There is a fresco on the uh, on the wall which shows uh, a very distinct saucer shaped object hovering there in the uh, in the sky. And uh, there's a, I don't do you know a Philip Mantle who published the recently the Calvin Parker book? Uh, he did a book uh, by this uh, particular researcher, uh, UFOs over Romania, which the uh, this uh, Particular uh, subject is is mentioned in detail uh, in, but uh, a Dracula could have been uh, from somewhere out there because we've found out that a lot of aliens are coming down here. They have a great thirst for blood. <laughs> well, it's like eh, th- that. That just reminds me of, and of course, uh, it uh, it started out as a book, but you know, uh, um, Toby Hooper. Uh, 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 directed that uh, uh, movie. Oh my gosh! Now I can't remember what um, um, Life Force, which basically, I mean, here in the United States, it was it was called Life Force. And I think it was released as uh, Vampires from Outer Space uh, in, in 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 other countries. But it, you know, that that is the scenario where the astronauts uh, discover this giant spaceship uh, uh, following Halley's Comet. And they find like uh, uh, some dead bodies inside. And they bring it home, and they turn out to be, you know, like uh, alien vampires. And, uh, it's uh, I, I know a lot of people don't care for that movie, but just for <laughs> just for sheer fun and uh, and some really good uh, apocalyptic zombie type uh, um, action near the end. It's uh, it's it's really a fun movie. <laughs> have Have you ever seen that one, Mark? No, I haven't. It sounds interesting. Oh, you should. Oh, you should. It's 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 uh, it, it's it's great. I mean, it's just uh, uh, some of the acting in it uh, is um, not the best in the wor- world, but uh, you know, it's uh, I highly recommend it. Well, uh, Tim, I see that we are coming up to our bottom of the hour break, so let's go ahead and take that. And when we come back, we will bring Mr. Lobo into the conversation uh, about horror films. On exploring the bizarre, so take care. I'm going to get a glass of chilled blood right now. Mmm, blood. <laughs> Exploring the bizarre. bizarre. Every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. The best two hours of paranormal talk 
this side of the Milky Way. The KCOR Digital Radio Network hotline number is open at 702-425-9230. 702-425-9230. Worldwide callers use Skype name KCOR Radio. More exploring the bazaar with Timothy Beckley and Tim Swartz on the KCOR Digital Radio Network after this. Alien Deceptions, a suspenseful sci-fi romance thriller by Tina Marie. Featuring the tantalizing Erica Jones and the mysterious Russell Hamilton. An out-of-this-world book of fiction, based on years of document facts and files, the government does not want you to know about. At least, not yet. Alien Deceptions by Tina Marie. Available now at Amazon.com. Or get a signed copy at TinaMarieEntertainment.com. Get your copy now. One of the planet's most powerful antioxidant products is here for you to enjoy. Chaga Mushroom Tea. This tea has been used as a potent natural health solution for thousands of years. In fact, the Chinese call it king of the herbs. The health value alone is worth a look as Chaga Mushroom Tea packs a punch with pure vitality and smooth energy. It's 100% wild crafted, safe and effective. Get it now at arcticchaga.com. That's A-R-C-T-I-C C-H-A-G-A dot com or call 916-969-2678 That's 916-969-2678 Chaga Mushroom Tea Chaga Mushroom Tea Order your supply today The all-new KCOR Digital Radio Network. Great. Make a note of it. It's great. I adopted Bento in 2010 from a shelter. A lot of people know him as Keyboard Cat. That's just one adoption story that started at a shelter. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel. And a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. 30 seconds and counting. Broadcasting to you from another planet, beaming you a world of entertainment. This is the world-famous KCOR. Now listen live online at KCORradio.com. I like everything about this station. When do I listen? Like 24 hours a day. It's my favorite station. I just love the music. It keeps me going at work. KCOR Digital Radio Network hotline number is open at 702-425-9230. 702-425-9230. Worldwide callers 
Use Skype name KCOR Radio. Tweet your comments anytime to KCOR Radio or simply use hashtag KCOR. Even better, jump in the live chat room and share your thoughts with the show at KCORradio.com. Now back to exploring the bizarre with two of the most electrifying researchers in the paranormal, your hosts, Timothy Beckley and Tim Swartz. And welcome back to Exploring the Bizarre. I'm Tim Swartz, and tonight we're talking about uh, horror films, uh, paranormal, pop culture, you know, mythologies around them all. And uh, let's, uh, Tim, let's bring Mr. Lobo in onto the uh, into the conversation now. So, Mr. Lobo, thank you for uh, being with us tonight. Uh, greetings, and thank you for having me on Exploring the Bizarre. It is oh, certainly uh, been a b- bizarre night so far. <laughs> uh, you got You have a great, uh, great radio voice, uh, Mr. Lobo. Uh, thank thank and, you. I, yeah. I was, I was uh, told by um, uh, Candyman Tony Todd that you have to have peanut butter in your base at all times. <laughs> I love that. That and it's true. So true. <laughs> so so um, where, where, where is your your main headquarters? Where do you uh, mm-hmm. uh, sprout up uh, from? Well. Uh, I'm originally from California. The, the show that I do started at an ABC affiliate uh, in Sacramento, California. We went into syndication in 2003, and the show was uh, syndicated across the country, maybe around 40 uh, over-the-air broadcast uh, stations. And uh, currently, our, we're strongest in the streaming world because the broadcast is not as strong as it used to be. We still are on a lot of over-the-air affiliates. Um, and now I'm living in beautiful Pennsylvania, probably the creepiest state there is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a lot of weird stuff happening out here and a lot of horror conventions. You know, when I was living out in California, yes, I, was, yes. I was doing um, <clears throat> conventions and projects on the East Coast five, six months out of the year, mostly in Virginia and Pennsylvania. So it, it didn't make sense at a certain point. It's like, wow, I'm six months out of the year, I'm on the East Coast, so maybe I should flip this. So now I live in Pennsylvania uh, where, um, my biggest event of the year is something called blob fest, where we celebrate, uh, the movie, the 1958 movie, the blob mm-hmm. in, in, in Phoenixville, where the movie was shot. And, um, every year, uh, they recreate the scene from the movie where the blob gets loose and 300 people get up out of their seats and run out into the street. <laughs> And it's a lot of fun. Uh, and the fire does, department's that. there, and they're blasting blasting CO two all over the place. It's great. So, <laughs> so now, what 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 started you? Now, my uh, my I guess my uh, big um, uh, thing was John Zachary when I was a oh, kid. Oh, uh, yeah, Zachary he was the best. Was well, he was indeed. He started out, uh, I think, in the Philadelphia uh, market, and then uh, ended up here in uh, New York. Uh, he was probably, I, I would assume, uh, the original uh, uh, horror uh, host, and uh, he only passed away a couple of years ago. He still did, uh, when he was in his 90s, he still did the uh, uh, the uh, conference over here. Uh, Chiller uh, Theater. Big convention. Yeah, yeah, big mm-hmm. uh, convention uh, every, every yes. year. He was a most wonderful man. In fact, we had a Halloween show uh, uh, one time with uh, some of the punk rock or glitter bands, and 
uh, he was the uh, the host, you know, and um, well, he was a, a DJ very, very for many years too, so that was appropriate yes. as well. Very, very, very um, colorful and uh, uh, congenial uh, individual who had his heart in this for for um, pardon the expression for uh, <laughs> uh, a long, long time. We watched him uh, come up out of the uh, the coffin with his uh, uh, his uh, wife there, his charming wife. Uh, my on, dear. Uh, many occasions, yeah, yeah, many occasions, and uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, interrupt and butt in on uh, some of the uh, probably uh, worst movies ever uh, uh, made, or mm-hmm. or certainly uh, you can't say that they were really the worst movies, but they were Just they were outdated. They were they were outdated, uh, you know, by the time they showed mm-hmm. them on uh, a WPIX uh, here in New York public domain, uh, you know, movies. But he uh, he uh, certainly. Uh, uh, was a you know lively and and brought a life to it, and I'm I, I'm sure he got a lot of people uh, interested uh, with his uh, giant amoebas and and all that in, into the uh, uh, horror cult. Absolutely, uh, John Zachary was one of the originals. Um, you know, I think every it was a national phenomenon that happened locally. So I think a lot of people were doing this um, at, at a, in a similar time frame but they were unaware of each other. Um, mm-hmm. there in Virginia, there was a show called the black cat, which I think predates Zachary. Um, but like I said, I don't, I don't, there was no, there's no way they would be aware of each other. Um, mm-hmm. I've worked on a few documentaries on horror movie hosts and inclu- including a feature film called American scary, which covers Zachary as well as a, a, a lot of other hosts. Uh, Zachary of course started as Roland in, um, the Philly area. And uh, he had he did a funny Undertaker character on a daytime uh, Western soap opera, a daytime live Western soap mm-hmm. opera. Um, and, and so he would be measuring the two gunfighters or whatever for their coffins. And he would do all this shtick as a Undertaker. And then when the shock package happened, and that was Screen Gems packaging the films of Universal for television, uh, which included uh, some of the greats, Son of Frankenstein, King Kong, etc. Um, uh, you know, but it also includes some of the turkeys too. And so, when these packages were sold to TV stations across the country, um, there there was a kind of a, a guideline of, hey, uh, you know, you might know some theater people who might want to introduce these, or maybe a, maybe you could put a bad Dracula cape on the sportscaster and have him introduce some of these films. So there was kind of like a um, uh, different suggestions as to how you could uh, market these films in your in your local area. Um, and uh, so there were a lot of different takes on that, um, uh, across the country, uh, with different hosts, uh, including Vampira in LA, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, um, basically Zachary's character, Roland, which was basically the same character he did in the Western was so immensely popular. I mean, I think he did a, a, sh- a shtick on the air where he asked for, uh, 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 the kids to cut uh, a lock of their parents' hair and mail it to the TV station, and they ended <laughs> up getting swamped with, you know, all these envelopes with human hair, you know. But anyhow, with all the attention that he created, he was quickly snatched up by New York, and he dropped the Roland character and just changed uh, it to Zachary, which is his uh, his last name, only spelled differently. And mm. um, John Zachary. Uh, and, uh, you know, I never got to meet him in person. The first time I was on 
coast to coast AM. Uh, I got a phantom call from Zachary's camp congratulating me on being a, a horror movie host in a, in, in a time where we're hunted down and destroyed. <laughs> and all, the other time where there was a roast when my show was 10 years old uh, in, at a show called Horror Hound, they did a, uh, a roast of Mr. Lobo. A different horror host did a roast and Zachary did a, a shtick. Uh, this was uh, not live. It was uh, on a, he did a, made a video and sent it in of himself trying to burn my picture in his electrodes in his lab. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I that's, that's about his roast. He, he wasn't successful or you wouldn't be with us uh, this evening, yeah, would you now? Uh, it wouldn't burn. My picture wouldn't uh, burn. So he said I was okay. He, he, you know, but, uh, yeah, he, he, he was, uh, he was definitely the, the father of, of our, our business. Although I, although I, I think the, the concept of the spectral narrator goes uh, back into, uh, the, you know, the, the comic strips of the forties uh, and even the, uh, radio programs of the thirties, you know, um, the, the, there's definitely the, the concept of the spectral narrator presenting horror anthologies, I think is, is very American and, and and you know with traveling spook shows and everything else, I think it's it's just it's just how we do it. There's always the weird guy who takes you uh, across the river sticks into the weirdness and somehow brings you back safe, and makes you laugh perhaps. Now, well, now how do, uh, you know? Like in, uh, I'm I'm sure that there are, there are a lot of uh, little kitties out there who'd like to grow up to be a uh, a horror host. Uh, I can't Don't say do it. Stay at school. <laughs> how do, what market did you break into and, and, and what made you uh, I, I mean did you wake up one uh, night and, and say I, I've got to get out of this uh, grave here and uh, and do something to educate the, the world uh, well you know I, I wish it were I mean I, I, I always wanted a show like I mean I, when, growing up I watched a show called Creature Features and the host was Bob Wilkins and that was in the San Francisco market, also in Sacramento. He did a similar show in both markets. I think he's probably one of the few hosts that did two shows simultaneously in two neighboring television markets. Um, but he, he's the guy I grew up with, and he was just kind of a weird guy with glasses in a suit. Um, and so my approach is a little bit like that. I don't have a Dracula cape. I'm not a mad scientist. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm a little unnecessarily mysterious maybe more like Rod Serling. Um, mm. But uh, what basically I wanted to do a, a hosted movie show. There hadn't been anything on in my area in a long time. And it was the show I was kind of looking for at two in the morning, the show that I would have wanted to watch at, at two in the morning. And uh, you know, I, I, I had conceptually had the show in my head, but that doesn't really make it happen. Um, mm. I ended up working at a television station in 2001 or i was had already been working at a television station um and uh and i had met bob wilkins and he had encouraged me to try uh to get finagle my way in front of a camera somehow um because that's what he did uh he actually worked in the advertising department at the television station that he started at and then he just made his way in front of the camera um, and I had a similar opportunity. They had a movie at 3 a.m., God bless them, a movie at 3 a.m. that ran 20 minutes short because uh, they went long on their news 
they were they they prided the, they prided themselves on their news department, and so the whole the whole evening schedule was wrecked because their 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 news program went long. So that it ended up that the, they would they would catch up in the middle of the night with this movie that ran twenty minutes short and had six minute commercial breaks. And I walked into the general manager's office and I said, "Have you ever tried to sit through a six minute commercial break? It's excruciating." Um, well, I tell you. I, I sat here the other uh, last night and tried to watch an episode, a two-hour episode of something. I had a, uh, I had recorded it on the DVR. I had a fast-forward it. These commercials were just going on and on and on in 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 inhumane. I mean, if anybody were watching the show, uh, they would have uh, either gone out and bought a car three times over or fallen asleep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just pitched the idea that I could help them fill that time in the middle of the night, yes. uh, uh, since they weren't really selling a lot of time anyway. They were running mostly promos, yeah, and yeah. Uh, they didn't care. And they let me do my. Uh, they let me uh, create the format of the show, and the ratings skyrocketed. They went from uh, a hash to hash marks at two at three in the morning, which was no discernible rating. To a two in the Nielsen's, which meant which represented twenty two thousand homes in the area. Mm. So we went from nothing to twenty two thousand homes right off the bat. And um, after a while, they start getting mail, and they started getting um, started getting mail, and they started getting phone calls. And to be honest, they they didn't really have a lot banking on this, no, and it wasn't no, something no, that no, they no, wanted to be no represented by. No death, threats. Uh, no death threats. No, no death threats. Uh, I got some few scary ones. I once got a, a a photo of my house circled in lipstick, which I thought was well, kind of scary. That could be a good thing. I don't could know. be good, uh, but could be bad yeah, too. Could be bad too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, I never responded to it, so that I, in, in hopes that they would mm. just not know forever whether I saw it or not. I guess they know now. Where, where but, did you get to, where did you get the name of Lobo from? Uh, oh, that is my given last name. Uh, oh. I my I actually am Mr. Lobo in the way that it is it Lobo is my last name. I started uh, which is funny because I was I was originally going to make up a name, but 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 then I thought, well, if this catches on, do I really want if I'm getting into my car at two in the morning, do I want somebody going, hey, 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 Uncle Spooky Pants. Yeah, I, I saw the movie t at 2 a.m. last night. So I thought, you know, I wanted something I could live with. If I'm getting into my car at two in the morning and says, hey, hey, Mr. Lobo, I, I could be their geometry teacher. Well, you know, I, I got uh, my uh, the horror name here. Uh, I once asked this very pretty girl to go out with me and she said, you're too creepy. So I figure, well, okay, she thinks I'm creepy. I'll be Mr. Creepo, and that kind of kind of stuck through four or five movies. And uh, uh, you know, we do still play film, with your, it. Uh, your films say directed by Mr. Creepo. Oh, they do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course they do. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I for a while there, I, you know, I've I've been in all the uh, the, the magazines and and stuff like that. Uh, the movies have been distributed all over the uh, damn place. A couple of title uh, changes. Uh, uh, back in the fourth, uh, uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're still, they're still out there. They're, I think we got to recently a royalty check for $22 on one movie that was 10 Ooh. years old already. Well, well, Hey, with some of these guys that distribute these films, that would be a lot. I'll tell you. I'm a, Oh, I know. I, I usually uh, with most distribution deals, you never see a dime. And I know that from experience. Uh, I got, I got cheated uh, royally by one uh, guy here. He took, uh, 
15 uh, videos, and uh, I don't think I ever got... Uh, well, we had one movie. Our, our biggest draw was a movie. Uh, it's a parody on Michael Jackson's uh, thriller called Driller. <laughs> uh, it was released in, in 1984, uh-huh. and uh, it, did, it did very well. It's an adult uh, movie, but it's got uh, uh, screwing werewolves and uh, zombies that do more than just uh, poke around in the grave, and uh, it, it got a lot of attention when it came out, of course. Uh, in fact, some of the tabloids uh, did a thing that uh, you know we were trying to rip off Michael Jackson, and Michael Jackson will sue. We were hoping Michael Jackson would would sue, actually, but he was For too busy. Publicity. Uh, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. We got we got a lot of immense amount of publicity. It was the number one adult title for three weeks in a row. Uh, I'm I'm really proud of that. But uh, wow. uh, and, uh, you know, yeah. So I, you know, congratulations. I mean, I've, I've, I've done, well, yeah, I've I've done it. I, I've done it all. I've come out of many a uh, uh, coffin, and I've crawled in a a, a few of them, and in my mm-hmm. time uh, as well. I mean, uh, you know, we had ran the New York School of Occult Arts and Sciences, and we had uh, a real witches, and one would bring her uh, uh, coffin uh, with her, and uh, you know, I fell into it one night, and she happened to be in there, and uh, uh, it, it, it was uh, it was a mad scene, and I've always liked the horror movie. Uh, although I don't like the horror movies as much as I used to. I mean, to be uh, honest with you, I, uh, what's your favorite film? So let's, let's hear your, your top five uh, favorites, top five favorites. That's, that's, that's yeah. tough, you know, and that's, that's a fluctuating list. It really depends on my yeah, mood, yeah. Uh-huh. but mm-hmm. I, I, I really, you know, we're talking about Ed Wood. I, Ed Wood is one of my heroes. Uh, one of the reasons why I agreed to do the remake is because plan nine from outer space is probably one of my all time favorite uh-huh. films. When I watch it, it feels like it's three in the morning, and I like that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I also like Return of the Living Dead, which is a 1983. Is it 83? I think it's 83. A uh, film that is a continuation of uh, uh, a different continuation of Night of the Living Dead from the. Uh, uh, and I also think uh, that's. Uh, it, it, I like horror comedies, so I think that uh, Return oh, of the yeah. Living Dead is probably one of the best. Abbott mm. Costello meet Frankenstein is also oh, a horror yeah. comedy. Oh, uh, yeah. I love that. I think my favorite Frankenstein movie is probably Son of Frankenstein. I think that Bela Lugosi is brilliant in that. Uh, I enjoy the, the original Invisible Man. I think the performance of of uh, so you're, you're, more, you're, more is, of a cla- you're you're a classics guy. Uh, kind of, but you know, I, I like Alien. I like Halloween. Uh, you know, I I oh, like Halloween. Night of yeah yeah tomorrow. I'm I'm gonna be first in line tomorrow to uh, to see the, um, the to the new one it. right. I, yeah, I'm excited yeah. because you know it's interesting because John Carpenter struck all the all of the sh- all of the other sequels uh, out of the uh, continuum. Now we're start. This is sequel. This is a sequel to the first movie, but yet in the mm. clip in the trailer, one of the Halloween trick or treaters is wearing a silver shamrock mask, which tells me <laughs> that Halloween three is also canon, which I'm okay with because one and three are my two favorites. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I would say my my favorite uh, uh, franchise would have to be uh, Hellraiser, mm. at least the first yeah. the couple of ones, and, and I don't Phantasm. Thanks yeah. in my life to get that one, but yeah, a lot of people uh, love Hellraiser. Yeah, Hellraiser and and the Phantasm, the first couple of Phantasms. Phantasm's amazing. Phantasm yeah, is. is solid. Don Coscarelli. 
did something uh, really created a, a whole different genre. You know, it's this sort of uh, sci-fi horror psychotronic uh, free for all. It's pretty amazing. It's 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 really almost defies genre. It's so it's so different. I went and uh, saw. It was The Exorcist and Phantasm as a double feature. Exorcist first and then Phantasm. And I thought Phantasm was a far superior movie over The Exorcist. The Exorcist was good, but it was very polished, very Hollywood. While Phantasm just had that, I don't know, that just that raw, you know, je ne sais quoi, you know, quality to you know, it. it. That makes total sense because, you know, it's uh, uh, horror and humor. You know, I was talking about comedy earlier, but I mean, mm-hmm. a horror is a surprise. A horror is someone jumping out and yelling boo. You know, if it seems too produced, if it seems like there's too much money in it, if it seems like you, if you can hear that train coming down the track and you can tell that they're pro- protecting a franchise with every decision, um, you know, you lose that spontaneity. You don't have that feeling that anything could happen. You know, when the first Terminator came out, you know, it would you that movie could have easily ended with Sarah Connor being murdered, and that would have been the end of the movie because that you didn't feel like there was any sort of safety net. It felt raw. And the in the sequel to Terminator, there's so much money in it. It's so Hollywood that it, it's really not even the same kind of movie anymore. It's 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 changed into another genre. It's just it's just become a an action film. Uh, so it, it's very, it's like I said, hor- horror is easy to spend too much money on. Uh, and right. I would say comedy as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all in the shadows and the, um, the well, movies. I mean, in my opinion, movies have just gotten too overladen with special effects. I mean, to the point of absurdity. Sure. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I like movies with car chases in it, but not when they, uh, you know, they go from one skyscraper to the other or you, you ride a, um, um, uh, a torpedo on the, over the ice or something. It's it just, you know, it, it's, it, it's nonsense. You know, I mean, it, it just, uh, I like Captain Midnight growing up. I don't like the new, uh, uh, you know, Batman uh, movies, but that's just me. You know, what, what you grow up with is probably what you're going to like, uh, you know, for the rest of your life. I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I don't I don't know if I agree with that because you don't seem old enough to have been a child of the thirties when those captain mid, uh, when captain Marvel and the serials were being made. Well, uh, man, I'm, I'm ancient. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that. You know, I go to horror conventions and people go, "Oh, yeah. you know, kids don't like uh, Frankenstein and 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 uh, and and Dracula and Godzilla when when like well, like we did when we were kids." And it's like, yeah, okay, unless unless you are in your seventies, you didn't see. I am. Well, okay, but I'm just saying, unless a person is in their 70s, they discovered this stuff. It was already old when they discovered it. Yes, you know, Godzilla was already. I loved Godzilla. I'm I'm almost 50. I Godzilla. I discovered Godzilla in the 70s. Godzilla was already 30 years old when I discovered it. You know, Uh, and 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 Frankenstein was already. You know, was for three million years old. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, but I'm I'm just saying that it's it's not it's not that it's a generational thing. It's a certain kind of kid. It's a certain kind of person that finds these movies every year. Every year, new kids find Night of the Living Dead. Every year, new kids find Frankenstein. But it's not the popular kids. It's the kids in the basement of the science building. It's those kids. You know, it's the that's- chess club kids. 
<laughs> and and they find it and they love it and and you know I was at Monster Bash uh, two years ago. There was an eight year old who could just recite every single thing you could imagine about about the original Frankenstein, and he was you know that's an eight year old kid. That's not a that's not a seventy year old. Mm, wow, <laughs> I love I love to hear that, and I love to hear that there are you know new generation uh, coming out enjoying these these older films that that we enjoyed as kids. And uh, we're Tim, we're coming up to our top of the hour break, so let's go ahead and go to it, and uh, we will be back with uh, more scary good fun I, on exploring I'm, the bizarre. I'm, I'm going to dust my coffin top off right now. You've been listening to Exploring the Bazaar with hosts Timothy Beckley and Tim Swartz. They're taking back the night by jetting non-stop across the cosmos in search of the truly bizarre and totally unexplained with you as their co-pilot. Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern on the KCOR Digital Radio Network. For more information on exploring the bazaar and hosts Timothy Beckley and Tim Swartz, check out their KCOR Digital Radio Network page. Follow their YouTube channel at MRUFO1100. Exploring the bazaar. You're listening to the all-new KCOR, The Core, broadcasting from Las Vegas, Nevada, the entertainment capital of the world. Hell yeah, in a little place called Area 51. Now, broadcasting in digital HD radio. Explore the bizarre. Bizarre. Your e-ticket ride into the world of the paranormal. Strap yourself in as we traverse the universe exploring the unexplained. UFOs, ghosts, lost worlds, cryptozoology, as well as other dimensions. It's time to take back the night. Now, your electrifying hosts of Exploring the Bazaar, Timothy Beckley, and Tim Swartz. And welcome back to the second hour of Exploring the Bazaar. And tonight, our guests are uh, uh, Mark Anthony Rains, uh, Mr. Lobo, uh, Mr. Creepo is uh, uh, creeping around, uh, I think, in the uh, uh, the producer's booth with with Tina. So oh, she's no. going to have yeah, she's going to have to watch herself. Well, she's uh, got a whistle. <laughs> That's right. All right. So, um, uh, Mark, I want to ask you now. Um, in the previous segment, you had mentioned that uh, uh, some of your favorite uh, uh, movies came from uh, Hammer Films, and I, I'll have to admit I have a, a, a special love myself uh, uh, for Hammer Films. But uh, we asked Mr. Lobo what uh, some of his favorite uh, uh, films were. Uh, what about yourself? What uh, What would you say are uh, uh, some films that uh, that really stand out for you? And uh, any time that they come on. You know, you'll take the time to watch them. Well, as uh, one of my weirdest films I like watching is Method of Forces about a man who turns into a beetle. 
I, I really like <laughs> that film. I recommend it. It is bizarre. It's weird. And you're probably going to go out thinking, what the hell did I watch? <laughs> but I re- seriously recommend it. Uh, I like The Exorcist. I, I know you probably... I, I did scare me completely when I watched it because I've looked into the history of the real story and it's even more creepier than the film. I, I like uh, the Saw films, but I didn't like the one where, where they put the pigs in the machine. I nearly threw up. Um, <laughs> I, I like the old scary... I like the old original films like... Uh, the original Nefafusu, the uh, black and white silent film. Nosferatu. Nosferatu, Nosferatu. Nosferatu. yes, yeah, excellent, uh, excellent but, movie. Which I, was I, I, a I which to... was a uh, unofficial adaption of Dracula, which the uh, Stoker estate uh, they sued and all of the copies were destroyed. But luckily, uh, some has survived. But uh, it was uh, basically infringing on the Dracula copyright. But yes, Nosferatu is brilliant and possibly the best one of the very best vampire or Dracula films. Did, did you see the documentary about the history of making that film? I did. I saw the film, uh, what is it, Shadow of the Vampire, which I don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that was a documentary or as much as a biopic. I thought that was very, very interesting how, how they, he tried to get into the character and how everything was going wrong. And basically, they kept the wrong bits in the film, and it works. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not your film any longer. <laughs> but, yeah, it make, makes you wonder, though, you know, the actor's name was it Max Shrek. You know, whether or not... Uh, <laughs> Max Shrek, yeah, that's yeah, what a name. Yeah, well, I, okay. Was that actually his name, or was that just a pseudonym? I mean, it's—I don't think it's ever came I out. Think whether that's or not. his real name. I, wow. I think how so. appropriate. Yeah, yeah it's great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, go, go ahead, Mark. I—I—I uh, I, I just think if you not—I I think the best horror films are the ones where they build up the story, and you slowly get involved in it, and suddenly someone goes bang. And you go, oh, and you jump out your skin. And that, I like those kind of films. That, mm. that, that's how I like to do my horror host bit. I like to go, welcome, my children. Today, I am on the show talking to my fellow colleagues. That kind of thing. Okay, well, uh, well, and I liked what you were saying earlier about atmosphere. Um, you know, I think older movies did, did take their time more and sort of pull you in. And I think that there is something to that. If you look at all of the Jack Arnold films of the 50s, like The Creature from the Black Lagoon and uh, Incredible Shrinking Man, it, it, it's, it, it's, it, there's this ride that they take you on. Uh, it came from outer space, all of those films. And, and, and there's an atmosphere that's created. And you, you can feel the, the hair on the back of your neck. You can, you can t- taste it in the air. And uh, you're, you're transported in, into a into a whole phantasmagorical uh place and then once you're in that place and you're disoriented um that's when the that's when the screaming starts when they they, <laughs> they jump out of nowhere yeah i think too much of the modern films although they're very good i think the cgi you get so immune to it you go oh I've seen this before 
well, we could do that again now. Like, it's always the last act, isn't it? It's like because they because it's playing IMAX 3D somewhere, and in, in the last act of the film, everything goes crazy, and people are on hoverboards, and there's a giant world-ending vortex, and a hundred demon dogs, and you know, fifty robots flying all over the place, and the place is on fire, and they just like they they don't have any restraint because they can do everything, they try everything, and they do it all at once, and it, there's so much happening on the screen that it looks like it's in slow motion. Um, it, it, it really, um, it actually bogs the film down. It doesn't make the film more intense or exciting. It creates this new baseline. Uh, it's, it's like death metal where it's just like, it's just like a, so much noise that you're falling asleep. I mean, that's how it affects me. <laughs> I, I, I said like the original Halloween as well, the, the first one. Yes, I love John, the, John Carpenter's original version. John Carpenter's Halloween, which was uh, originally titled The Babysitter Murders. And um, the concept was that every year they were going to do a different film with a Halloween theme. And um, unfortunately, um, the character of Michael Myers became so popular that they immediately went into production of, of the more of the first story, more of the night he came home. And then when they tried to go back onto their original concept for the third film and do an entirely different story uh, written by the man who wrote Quatermass Experiment, which he took his name off of because he didn't like the violence in the movie, um, they, uh, fans rejected it. Even though mm. the movie did make money, um, they didn't like the fact that they, it wasn't about Michael Myers. And so uh, from the fourth film forward, they went back to... Uh, and, that, and by this time, Friday the 13th and Freddy were happening. And I think the studio was like, well, that's, this is our guy. So we're going to make a bunch of these movies too. Mm. Oh, well, Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, Halloween yeah. three though. I mean, it's brilliant. I mean, it was just, oh, I love it. It. yeah, yeah. It's a fantastic film. Great concept. Mm -hmm. One of my yeah. favorite films of Halloween, because it tells a story. It, it, it gets you, it tells you, it begins with the creepy music and the, the toys. Mm -hmm. I love the toys in it. They really make it anything with creepy dolls, and or... and, and it takes pl and it takes place on Halloween. <laughs> exactly. Instead of being well, sometime near Halloween, but not quite Halloween. No, it's on Halloween. On Halloween, I right. I, I I think too that you know I I, I I I didn't see the Rob Zombie ones, but um, I I don't like the idea of 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 the shape having a bad childhood. I like the idea of just a normal, sweet uh, kid just one day murders his family. I mean, that's so much more terrifying than it being justified like a Batman villain, where all these terrible things happen to him and now he's a monster. It's like, well, you know, we kind of have sympathy for that kind of a character, but this guy's just evil incarnate. He's just, uh, you know. He, he's just not even a person. Something happens inside of him and he just kills. And I think that is uh, a, a, the concept in that first film of him just being a boogeyman uh, is so much stronger than, than um, trying to have a lot of exposition and explaining as to why he's murdering people. It's much more terrifying that there is no reason. I agree there. I agree there. Yeah, yeah, I I, I found it interesting that uh, you know you 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 mentioned that uh, Halloween three was uh, uh, written by the uh, the same guy who wrote the uh, um, uh, it was the Quartermass uh, yeah, experiment Quatermass Quatermass yeah, yeah I always I always I, I always want to call it Quartermass but uh, you know the um, half dollar mass 
Yeah, it's definitely quarterbacks because yeah, quarterbacks, being British, yeah. I've probably seen it more often than you have. But there's no R. There's no R in it. The um, the one that was released here in the United States under the title um, uh, was a five million mile, uh, five million no. years to Earth is an absolute. Uh, um, uh, it, 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 it's a treasure. It really is. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, seen that. Uh, what was it? It was uh, Quatermass in the Pit. Uh, in the UK, yeah, yes, 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 and also there was a TV series that was uh, on um, British television for a little while as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Quatermass in the Pit. Uh, they, I mean, there's a lot of things that are written into that film that um, uh, comes up time and time again in uh, modern UFO mythology and paranormal mythology and things like that. I mean, you know, the, the, the people who wrote the screenplay to that uh, really did their homework. You know? uh, yeah. I love in Halloween three that they somehow steal a giant piece of Stonehenge <laughs> and they bring it to a toy factory and that there's something in Stonehenge, something in that stone. There's a particle that they put in the in the uh, uh, the discs inside of the masks, and uh, you know um, that they're going to do this mass um, a sacrifice. It's almost like Lovecraftian kind of uh, sacrifice um, to uh, sort of uh, bring about the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's such a a, a, a great gloomy concept of all these children being uh seduced into wearing these masks and then their head exploding into spiders and snakes <laughs> spoilers if you haven't seen it but uh, it's just a just a really amazing and uh, uh dan o'hurley or I, the guy from robocop who was uh connell cochran the villain in that movie you know he's such a champagne villain you know the slow applause you know ah oh, i love a good game you know he's just it's all it's all uh, it's all a joke to him you know it's just it's just uh it's a, a, a joke on the children you know it's just <laughs> such a funny wonderful rich uh a performance and uh um tom atkins is great in that uh as he is in everything uh if you've ever never seen night of the creeps he's wonderful in that too um you know he's the hero of that film as a hard drinking surgeon who finds out uh, that they're um making robots uh it's uh just it's just so great so many concepts so much so much layering so much story i'm story greedy you know the more the more things going on the better you know and that and there is there's a lot of depth to that story uh very similar to other john carpenter uh projects like they live and things like that where there is um there's a lot of meat on the bone and a lot to talk about in the car afterwards on the way home well what what would you say yeah, I was going to say uh, one of the scariest monsters I come across was the Daleks in Doctor Who. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yes, well, a, a, a great villain, and again, yeah, they just want to exterminate. No questions asked. They'll get you with that plunger or the paint roller, one <laughs> or the other, but they'll get you. Well, I think I think a lot of kids have that early memory of hearing the Daleks for the first time and just being, you know, forever creeped out by their voices. Uh, yes, I, I, I used to hide behind the sofa as a kid. Yeah, and you know, and 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 uh, Davros was very creepy too. The leader of the Daleks, you know, just this—he uh, was kind of like uh, all shriveled up and kind of had a, a Dalek from the waist down. 
but uh, yeah, he all the, uh, you know. So that was a very that was an interesting show because it was uh, you know so low budget, but there was so many ideas in it and so creative that it just kind of um, uh, transcended that. You know, it was um, the, the the BBC had really uh, some of the best minds in television just coming up with so many incredible out of the box ideas and obviously they haven't and they still haven't run out of ideas that show is 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 uh i mean what started in 1963 and is uh uh still going still vital series and still going with the controversial figure that the woman is now playing the doctor a female doctor you know well you know why not why not it doesn't bother me i mean it, it's meant I, to be an alien, so there's no such thing as I, a sex life in an alien. There you go. I oh, think, I don't know about that. Uh, our recent <laughs> book. Uh, a screwed well, what's interesting about, screwed, about uh, horror, you know, horror used to be thought of as a boys club. And it's because young boys spend a lot of money going to the movies. But to be honest, uh, we've lost most young boys to video games. Women and young women and young girls are spending money at the movies still. They're buying toys. You look at the toy aisles, it's more and more stuff for girls. And so I think that uh, a lot of uh, sci-fi and horror is being made uh, safe to include women because um, women spend money. Look at Twilight. Absolutely. That's a perfect example. <laughs> Vampires were made safe uh, for uh, for uh, 16-year-old girls and their mothers. And... Um, <laughs> And uh, the result is uh, big money. <laughs> I know they made they made fun of uh, that uh, that whole concept of Twilight in uh, what was it the first uh, um, Hotel Transylvania movie near near oh, the yes. end right. yeah near the, near the end where one of the characters is flying in a plane and they're showing Twilight and uh, you know Dracula's like you know what you know what this is what they make uh, this is what vampires are now <laughs> right, right it's it's fu it's funny because when, when in the 80s i remember when lost boys came out and i my reaction to it was the reaction that people had to to twilight because mm. i remember they when they when they cut one of them open they they bled glitter um and i thought oh this is this is uh this is for girls i hate this movie and then like now I used Lost Boys as a as an example of a good vampire movie in comparison to Twilight. It's amazing how 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 that move how that movie's improved over the years, or maybe I've I've grown up. But I mean, I love the Lost Boys, and uh, I, you couldn't get me to sit through Twilight. So it's it's funny how uh, you know um, it just it depends on your point of view. Have you seen anything uh, uh, recently, like in the last? Uh... Uh, six months, uh, not necessarily from uh, uh, Hollywood, but are of a, a more independent uh, nature that you could recommend. Oh, you know, you got me on the spot, but yeah, you know, I, I do see a lot of really good things uh, all the time. Uh, I just saw a slasher film called The Ranger, which is an independently produced movie and directed by a woman. But it's it takes place in kind of a um, dream version of the eighties. Uh, not, not, I wouldn't say it would not historically accurate version of the eighties, but it's a bunch of punk rockers who are getting stalked in the woods by a unhinged park ranger. Mm. Um, mm. and, uh, I thought that was, 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 uh, definitely better than typical. 
Um, but I, I, you know, I see stuff all the time that's good. I see stuff all the time that's bad. And sometimes in the, I'm in the mood for something that's bad. Um, so, um, or misunderstood as I like to say. So, I mean, um, I like going to the movies. I, you know, I'm going to go see Halloween. I mean, I liked all the conjuring movies. I thought all those were good. I thought Annabelle was good. I thought the second Annabelle was even better. Um, I really want to uh, see this new Halloween uh, film. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I enjoy older movies. I enjoy new movies. I'm not one of those guys that draw a line in the sand and go, okay, everything bef- after 1986 sucks. I mean, I, I'm just not one of those people. Um, you know, I mean, I, there's a, I think there's an upper 10%. I think 90% of everything is terrible. You know, there's that upper 10% that's good and, um, I like going to the movies. So, uh, you know, I just keep going and sometimes my team wins and sometimes my team loses, but I just keep going. <laughs> uh, well, Mark, what about you? I mean, have you, uh, seen anything, uh, recently that, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, independent or what have you that uh, has saw, impressed you? I saw something on Netflix the other day called Apostle. From the guy oh, I see that that played. was rec- recommended. I, I ha- it's been showing up on, uh, uh, you know, um, the previews and stuff to, to see it. I haven't had a chance. Uh, yeah, I, I like some of the Netflix stuff, but I don't know. Well, they're not as bad as Amazon Prime, but uh, you know, <laughs> at least on Amazon Prime, you do you do have a variety. Almost every film ever made uh, of any caliber oh, is, uh, is on there, and yeah, you can and, watch and Plan Nine the, on there. <laughs> <laughs> that, and indeed yeah yeah in, in fact that's one of the ones that i have a, a mark to uh, watch but then i probably have about 300 films uh, saved in my list so i, have right, to, I spend right. more time watching the trailers the by time i get through the trailers it's too late to watch the movie <laughs> right you've have got you two hours to watch a movie and then you get the gridlock where by the time you look okay well i could watch that one later oh oh this yes. one i'll watch oh no maybe i'll watch that one later and then you've used up all your time managing a million tiles trying to figure out what you want to watch i, I even subscribed recently the horror st- the the um the trailer's been better than the actual film you, well, yes, a good trailer. Oh, you yeah. got to have a good uh, trailer, otherwise you're you're doomed from the start. I mean, I think no the art there. the art of the trailer has gone downhill, don't you, fellows? I mean, I used to be I trailers agree, were really yes. amazing, and now they either give away everything to where they totally spoil the movie, or it, they make it seem like it's not even the same kind of movie where it, com- mm-hmm. it completely misrepresents the film. Yeah, I've seen a clip like that recently. I went to see the film. I thought, oh, great. It's going to be a really good film. And then I thought, oh, I'll see the end now. What was the point? You set through two minutes of action in the trailer and two hours of boredom watching the actual uh, uh, movie. I mean, how many times? That's... Uh, I, I mean, happy. I, re- I really enjoyed, I really very much enjoyed Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, as a film. But I felt like the trailer showed too many of the biggest, most fun action sequences. So, so w- to when those things happen in the movie, it's like, oh, dang, that's that thing in the trailer, you know? Yeah, so yeah I, I agree I, there. I've seen that. I, I yeah. agree there. I've already seen it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like one of my favorite lines from, uh, um, I can't remember what it was. It was like Kentucky Fried Movie, you know, where it says, you know, enough good scenes to fill a trailer. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of movies that are like That's that. That's Armageddon. You know? 
Yes, there you go. <laughs> Samuel L. Bronkowitz presents <laughs> Catholic High School Girls in Trouble. Uh, I think uh, I, I, I think some of the Mr. Creepo films are uh, are are based off of uh, some of uh, Samuel Bronkowitz's films. So. Oh, oh yes, <laughs> a, a student of this of Samuel L. Bronkowitz. Wonderful. That's right. <laughs> I have to see. I have to see uh, Mr. Creepo's films now. I'm surprised. I mean, I feel like I've seen a lot of films, and I don't know how I've missed Mr. Well, Creepo's. I, I films. would. I, I re- I would recommend. Skin Eating Jungle Vampires, okay, which hold we on. shot. I'm writing this down. In, which skin we shot in Costa Rica. Eating, skin jungle eating vampires. Jungle. I'm writing it down. Skin uh-huh. Eating Jungle Vampires. Okay, got it. Shot in Costa Rica. On, shot in, that's not part of the title. That's not no, part of the title. No, no, no. Shot no, in Costa Rica. Skin uh, Eating. Is, no, okay, all right. Uh, and we, we had a, we had an active volcano and people said, Oh, you use stock footage. No man, it's a jungle out there. You know, there are monkeys and, and insects and you don't need stock footage, uh, for that. An active volcano. Wow. I mean, uh, every, uh, and pretty girls and, uh, all that kind of. Lots uh, of pretty girls. <laughs> oh, gotta have, gotta have, uh, girls five or and six, volcanoes. Uh, Sounds uh, good. Five or six. All right, Tim, I have to interrupt you here because we have to go to our bottom of the hour break. When we come back, we will continue our conversation about uh, uh, pretty girls and vampires and volcanoes unexploring the bizarre. Exploring the bizarre. Every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. The best two hours of paranormal talk this side of the Milky Way. The KCOR Digital Radio Network hotline number is open at 702-425-9230. Worldwide callers Use Skype name KCOR Radio. More exploring the bazaar with Timothy Beckley and Tim Swartz on the KCOR Digital Radio Network after this. Incoming message. In a digital world, Infiltrated by government, as well as civilian disinformation. A single, powerful and researched voice speaks through the night. We're getting a signal. Join Erica Lukes, the host of UFO Classified, as she interviews some of the hottest, sometimes controversial, but always informative people in the world of ufology and the paranormal. They knew for sure that it was an alien craft and our governments around the world have covered it up. The reason I was taken aboard was because there was no choice. I would have, uh, I would have been dead. UFO Classified, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, every Friday night. Exclusively on the KCOR Digital Radio Network. The truth is out there just waiting to be discovered. But the question is, are you ready for it? 
UFO Classified, hosted by Erica Lutz, the new voice of the high desert. Exclusively on the KCOR Digital Radio Network. If ever a breed was affectionate to a fault, it's the Golden Retriever. They're people dogs, pure and simple. And the Golden Retriever Rescue of Southern Nevada needs your help. If you would like to volunteer, foster, adopt, or donate, go to the Golden Retriever Rescue of Southern Nevada's website at grrsn.org. That's grrsn.org. Or call 598-GOLD. That's 598-G-O-L-D. KCOR Las Vegas. All the time. Of course I listen. I listen all day. It's the best music. KCOR, the new underground source for news, talk, and music at KCORradio.com. Tell your friends. Email them or Facebook them or Twitter them. Hey, are we done here? Because I'm losing my buzz. Spells. 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 Here for the first time in the inspired pages of Bible Spells, Reverend William Orabello unveils a concealed code hidden throughout the Holy Scriptures that can bring you an abundance of money, personal success, as well as love, good luck, healing, happiness, and protection of your home as well as loved ones. More important than the Bible code or Nostradamus's prophecies, this secret code was revealed to Reverend Orabello during an encounter with divine supernatural beings who changed his life forever. Now you can learn this unique system yourself to materialize all of your personal needs and influence others. Order William Orabello's Bible Spells from Amazon.com or get your copy, a free Bizarre Bazaar subscription as well as a bonus companion DVD for $20 with free shipping and handling by calling 646-331-6777. The KCOR Digital Radio Network hotline number is open at 702-425-9230. 702-425-9230. Worldwide callers use Skype name KCOR Radio. Tweet your comments anytime to KCOR Radio or simply use hashtag KCOR. Even better, jump in the live chat room and share your thoughts with the show at kcorradio.com Now back to exploring the bizarre with two of the most electrifying researchers in the paranormal your hosts Timothy Beckley and Tim Swartz Alright, welcome back to Exploring the Bizarre and Tim, here we are at the final segment of the program and it's just, where does the time go? We're just having such a great time tonight and, and, and it, it, I was just starting to get uh, comfortable here in the, the bottom of my old uh, uh, coffin. You know, I, I'm, I must turn it in for a new one, though. I mean, uh, I got this from uh, Uncle Drac, and uh, it's getting a little worn down there in the, in, in the bottom and all. So I, I guess eventually I'll get myself a, a well, that's grisly thought, a, 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 a new one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, just save the soil. Ah, indeed, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, so uh, which uh, which direction do you want to uh, uh, take this uh, this final segment? Do you want to talk about uh, uh, monsters? Yeah, I think uh, uh, we need to ask Mark about the real monsters. Uh, I understand, uh, Mark. There's a, 
uh, there's some uh, crypto stuff going on over there in the UK at the moment. Um, oh, yes, there's some fascinating stuff from Alman to British Bigfoot to you name it. There's some really bizarre and wonderful creatures. Uh, one, of the, one, that I, one of my favourites is the Rat Band of South End. The Rat Man of well, South tell us a little about. Yeah, I hadn't heard that one. Yeah, yeah. It's basically, he lives it, next it, door it, here, it, I thought, yeah. Yeah, it's basically a part fable, part mythology. But basically, there's a tramp who used to go along the uh, underground, uh, underground passageways, and one day, uh, some teenagers beat him up, and he, they left him to die. And while he's just dying, he's eaten alive by rats. And when he went down there, you could hear scratching noises and moans, groans. And the other version is that he, um, the mayor had an affair with a woman of a that he wasn't involved with, and the, the man was born with a snout and a tail. But we do know that people are born with tails. That sounds kind of like the legend of the Jersey Devil. Where the um, similarity, it's a very similarity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Mrs. Leeds had her thirteenth uh, child, or something like that. I, I do believe. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, uh, you have a lot of phantom cats and and all over there too. I believe uh, we've well, I, written that I, up I, over I, the I, years. Yeah, the Beast of Bobbin is one of the closest to me. But the the in the nineteen seventies. When the uh, Animal Act came over in the UK, a lot of animals were released into the wild, ex-zoo animals. So I think it's possible that the original ca panther cat, like cat, has adapted mm -hmm. to the um, living over here. I mean, if you ever went to the moors, it's such a vast place. I mean, it's I mean, a lot of it's ex-military um, ground as well, so you can't access it. It, it's you say it's a military. Yeah, a lot of the the British military own a lot of the moors. They do mm -hmm. a lot of training on there. So basically, mm -hmm. when they're not training on there, you can't access the ground. So mm -hmm. if there was, I, I I can't prove there's a big cat, obviously, but there's enough sightings out there to say there is. But um, it, they, they could hide there quite honestly, kill some sheep. And the farmers aren't going to say, oh, it's a big cat, because basically they have to report if anything gets killed. So they're going to just say, mm. oh, you know, mutilated by a spaceman or something. <laughs> oh, well, that, <laughs> well, that's probably that probably is going on, uh, uh, actually. Now, do you call Bigfoot Bigfoot? Um, well, we, uh, that's a good question. I think we call it the wild man. There's some really rather weird names. Um, I can't remember them all, but I talked the to Momo lady. Giant. There you go. Yeah, Swamp Ape, the Skunk Ape. There's loads of them. Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it's, uh, uh, it's very controversial over the UK. There was a little bit of a uh, ding dong, as they they like to say, between if it was paranormal or an actual being. I think Bigfoot's going, a ghost. Well, you've got a lot of sightings over there in Pennsylvania of Dogman. 
That, uh, that's the. I, uh, I have not seen cool. Dog Man person. Although something's going through my trash, it could be Dog Man. <laughs> Dog Man has the uh, body of um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and okay. the face of a short. and the face of yeah, and the uh, face of a pit bull. Okay, so he's just Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Yes. Well, we yeah. have, of course, the uh, 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 the uh, uh, Beast of Bray Road, which they're making into a, uh, a well. Maybe they have made it into a movie uh, already, but I I think there's another version of it, uh, maybe a documentary uh, uh, coming out. Uh, small Town Monsters, I believe. Yeah, Small Town is, Monsters yeah. is. Uh, uh, I think they I think they finished it already. Oh, mm-hmm. so, yeah, did you do to... a version of Owlman over there? No, Owlman. I don't know. I don't think there's been a movie out on him. I no, but there's you know, but there's been sightings by people who have seen you know yeah. things that are similar to uh, uh, Owl, uh, the you know the UK's Owlman. Yeah, yeah. No, we, well, we there did was an independent that film that came out with an owl man uh, last year, and the film wasn't very good, but the owl man itself was really cool, and I wish I could remember the name of it. We just did a book called Weird Winged Wonders, and, and we had every kind of uh, uh, flying creature in there that you could possibly uh, imagine, or maybe not even imagine. Uh, uh, I think, uh, uh, Tim, didn't you go back in history and find that there were some cases... Uh, a hundred or more years uh, old of uh, some of these flying creatures. Oh, more than that. More than that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, you go, you go back, yeah. <laughs> you know, past, past when people, you know, could write and just were carving, you know, carving things on rocks or, you know, scaring each well, other, I'm you know, over the campfire. Along, along, yeah. The, yeah, along, along the Mississippi river, there's that uh, big, uh, uh, prehistoric, good dragon type, uh, um, a creature that's been, uh, I guess, repainted in the uh, the side of the. Uh, well, the, I uh, mean, the cliff you know, there now. Uh, even there in uh, in in Great Britain, and I mean, this really wasn't that far back. Uh, I mean, in the nineteen in the early nineteen hundreds, uh, and I can't remember the exact location now, but I mean, there were still people who remember their grandparents telling stories about uh, flying snakes. That um, the these snakes there um, they wing serpent wing serpents but they uh, their scales and their wings were very uh, were pretty they were iridescent but um, they were a terror on livestock like uh, uh, rabbits chickens and things like that so naturally the farmers you know whenever they ran across them they'd kill them. You know, and, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we've, you know, you, you have stories like that in, in very recent history of, of these bizarre crypto types of creatures. Well, remember, well, so if, we, we, if you look at dragons, we, we, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, dragons, absolutely, yeah. In a lot well, of mythology, a lot of mythology is all over the world. We, we've done um, uh, uh, stories about... Uh, what was the fellow's name there on the banks of the Loch Ness? W.C. Holiday. Yes. Who uh, he went around and photographed uh, 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 churches, old uh, cathedrals, and found out that there were uh, quite a number that had uh, etchings uh, of uh, some sort of flying uh, serpent, as well as dish-shaped objects. That there's always been a uh, connection 
or a link uh, between uh, the serpent and the disc. In fact, I think that was the name of one of the uh, the books that was published. Yep, that was the title. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Tim, you you bring up an interesting uh, point, though, about uh, these these uh, crypt, cryptid types of of creatures, and you know, it's it's interesting how. Uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, films and things like that, how many of these uh, creatures have made that jump from our mythologies, you know, from scaring each other, uh, you know, at the campfires when we still lived in the caves. Uh, and now we find them in films, you know, uh, the, you know, I mean, naturally, I mean, you know, Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster have, have made it into, you know, the movies, but I mean, you, you know, look at the vampires, Dracula, you know, things like that. I mean, they've, uh, they've, they've made it from our nightmares into Hollywood. Well, we, we have this, uh, I think in the la- last week, uh, the release of a movie called Smallfoot, which I, I haven't ventured to, to see and I uh, see, and I don't know if I necessarily will, but I, I think the poster is very, uh, very cute, and I'm sure a lot of uh, uh, youngsters. I don't sure. I, I guess it's aimed at a younger audience. Oh but, yeah, it's, uh, it's an animated uh, film. Uh, is yeah, this Bigfoot's well. less successful brother? What's the <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's a, um, a, a hybrid of the um, version of Bigfoot. <laughs> oh, you have seen it, have you? Uh, <laughs> No, I, I, I just know about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I was under the impression that that we're the small foot and we're the uh, the the mythologies of the uh, Bigfoot community. They talk about uh, uh, humans like we talk about Bigfoot. You know, somebody will see a human and the Bigfoot, you know, like, ah, oh, yeah, ha <laughs> ha, yeah, he's so small foot. <laughs> what were you smoking? Well, you, you know, yeah, you a Bigfoot the has made. Then, didn't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Bigfoot has made his way into commercials uh, now. You have this one that they repeat every 20 minutes at, at night on TV. Uh, you either run with the uh, Bigfoot or you run from him, which I uh, which I think is rather uh, clever. Actually, is it beef jerky or I think it's beef? Yeah, jerky. yeah, something like yeah, yeah, something along that line. Yeah. But Bigfoot has always been uh, been uh, popular. I mean, it's got its. Uh, uh, following there are probably as many podcasts uh, related to Sasquatch uh, as there are to any other sub, maybe even more. Because I, I know when I uh, go through my uh, uh, Stitcher where we uh, put up our uh, uh, shows, you know, I I see that there are an awful lot of Sasquatch journals and uh, Bigfoot I uh, chronicles. Personally, think so Bigfoot is a ghost. It's a well, th- there are paranormal aspects uh, to it, no doubt about I think that, that at all. That, that, that I think my personal feeling is that that there is some kind of uh, either 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 a time shift or some sort of dimensional shift, where this is something that either uh, lived a long time ago or perhaps lived uh, lived in a parallel di- uh, dimension. That uh, you know, because there's no evidence, it, it appears. There's a smell. We see it. You know, this could have been something that uh, uh, lived a long time ago, and we're seeing it, it instead of seeing a spirit of a person who lived a long time ago in a drafty house, we're seeing the spirit of a creature that lived a long time ago uh, in a wood, wooden area. That's, that's, a, that's just a pet theory, but that's how I feel about Bigfoot. Well, you know, there so, was uh, a case that... Uh... Go ahead, Go ahead say, Mark. I was going to say... Um, uh, interventional travel is always mentioned with Bigfoot as well. 
Interdimensional travel, I would accept uh, that also. Well, I think a lot. We've discussed this, of course, on the on the show uh, uh, over and over uh, repeatedly uh, about how most of the uh, phenomena here, from UFOs to Bigfoot to uh, Dogman, is a, is something of a uh, of a paranormal in nature uh, than it is of a, a physical uh, flesh and blood, you know, type of phenomena. Uh, or maybe there could be a little bit of both, uh, you know. Uh, well, y- y- there is. I mean. You have, of course, there are a lot of fake, um, uh, you know, footprints that Bigfoot have left behind. But l- let's think, perhaps, that some of them might be, um, uh, could be, could be real. I mean, maybe uh, you Bigfoot know, Bigfoot himself a- is leaving the fake footprints just to throw us off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I remember I remember going to a little town in Ohio many many years ago to investigate a, a UFO case where. Um, uh, a teenager, a young boy, had uh, he had seen this uh, object land in the cornfield behind his grandfather's uh, house. Now, when you think of cornfield, you think of acres and acres and acres of corn. Ah, this was a little batch of corn. And the guy said, well, why didn't you go out and look for where this thing landed? Well, I'm not going to go through the corn. Uh, nasty, you know, it, uh, like eats it when you go through it. Uh, uh, any, anyway, so I said, okay, I, you know, I believe he saw something there and it flattened down the corn and uh, and and so forth. So let me check the neighborhood out and, and see if anybody else had a sighting that night or any time recently. And so I banged on a, a, a few uh, screen doors and most people didn't want to come out of the house. They didn't know who I was, but they would talk to me for an hour through the screen door. In fact, one woman had a, uh, um, a, a water heater that spoke to her. I mean, she didn't even know anything about the UFO landing, but she said, well, you know, once you mention it, I'm in contact with something through the water heater well that's possible i, I suppose you know but uh, one lady said oh yeah we've seen the ufo you know some cigar shaped ship uh, off in the distance there but you know bigfoot visits me every once in a while i said bigfoot visits you how, how do you know that well he comes around to the back of the house where the air conditioner is and, and uh, apparently i don't know whether he washes his ha- uh, hands or or whether he he tries to get a, a lick of uh, water or or maybe uh, whatever, but uh, she said, "Oh, maybe if you go back out there, you could you could see his uh, you know imprint in the ground or something." And I couldn't see any imprint because it was more stone than it was uh, uh, dirt or mud underneath the uh, the air conditioner, which indeed was dripping. But uh, most air conditioners uh, do. But it, he apparently was pounding on the air conditioner from time to time in the middle of the uh, uh, middle of the uh, the night. But you know, talk about Eng- uh, English. Uh, uh, a paranormal phenomena. Are you familiar with Spring Hill uh, Jack? That was the uh, uh, the rage yes, back uh, in the eighteen forties. Yes, I read about that. Yes, it's a very interesting, very interesting uh, story. Yeah, that that's that's one of my favorite. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. Uh, uh, I guess paranormal encounters with uh, uh, paranormal or supernatural or just plain weird uh, beings of uh, one type or another. They used to uh, jump out at, at women. I, I think Tim wasn't that the story. Uh, would bound across, kind of like the creature on the room morgue, right? To run across the rooftops and. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. And well, he would. Uh, a lot of times, he would knock on people's doors, uh, and of course, this was before electric lights, and you know, like the the woman of the house or a maid or somebody like that would answer the door. 
and he would um, he had like some kind of of light. Uh, you know, he he would have a cloak on, and and some of these cases he would like open his cloak like a flasher almost, and literally would flash them. You know, like some kind of fire or something like that would 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 An come actual out. flash. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he was the first. Well, I, flasher. I always thought I always thought that that's where the Rolling Stones got their song. Uh, Jumping, Jumping Jack, Jack Flash. Flash. <laughs> yeah. Good gas, gas, gas. Yeah, there's yeah, some sort of c- contraption that he, he invented. Uh huh, yeah. Like, like a, a thief. What? He invented, what? like, what? you know, the uh, shoes that they use in Olympics, the runners, the blades. Oh, yes, the, yes. Uh huh. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, his, uh, his ability seemed to be, you know, beyond. The, the 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 technology the, of the time uh, exactly yeah. i mean this is victorian england and uh, but i mean he could bound from the streets up onto the rooftops to escape you know like the uh, the local police and uh, uh, people like that well you know we've run into a couple of uh, cases where uh, the ultra terrestrials my term for aliens because we can't really prove that they're aliens would bound over giant hedges uh uh, you know, I had a uh, a UFO encounter of sorts uh, out at uh, Warminster, which was a uh, uh, on Star Hill uh, there. That was a big uh, a spot for UFO sightings during the seventies and uh, and eighties, uh, and and apparently they were bounding uh, over hedges and fences and things like that. There had been a, quite a few cases where they say maybe it's a gravity thing, you know, just like if we go to the moon or if you go out into space, we kind of float along because of gravity or lack of gravity or our gravity is different than their, their gravity, but, uh, they, they seem to have beat up your gravity. They bound over, um, fences seven or eight feet tall. And they also walk through walls and float out through ceilings. Well, maybe, maybe they're ghosts like, uh, like Mr. Lobo's, uh, idea for, for Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> some yeah, kind of yeah some kind of super I, I i think that there's a lot of uh I, I you know i i i like your concept that we don't know that they're aliens because i i think that we try to immediately anything that is supernatural or unexplained we immediately try to assign this already predetermined narrative for yes. this thing and i like the Absolutely. idea that it's like okay let's just be real this is what we know about this but mm. this doesn't this doesn't really tell us where it comes from. It really doesn't tell us any sort of story. We have to, we have to, we have to define this by what it, what's there versus what, what we'd like it to be or what we presume that it is. You know, ghosts may be just people from another dimension or people out of phase or alternate realities or who knows. But if we, if we, if we, if we already assign a, a, a predetermined narrative based on our own mythology, then uh, we're never going to be able to really yeah. honestly uh, uh, come up with any, uh, you know, good uh, science to back these things up. Well, you know, I believe that we are uh, legitimately living in a computer simulation. Uh, in fact, we did a book. In, like the uh, Matrix. Just, well, yes. In fact, we have a book out called. But hopefully better uh, the, uh, uh, about Philip K. Dick's, uh, uh, I can't remember the exact title, and the synchronicities of Tim Beckley, because I filled a 450-page book 
with some of the yes. things that happened. To Are you Philip telling K. me Dick. that you know Dick? Uh, I beg your pardon? <laughs> <laughs> Philip K. Dick. Well, I, I'm sure I don't know him as well as you do, but... Uh, <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> no, nah, Tim doesn't know Dick. <laughs> no dick jokes. No more dick jokes. No, but I, I know, I know, I know Jane very well. There you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, we've had we had uh, we've had several times on the program. Uh, Philip's uh, fifth wife, Tessa. Oh, she is a uh, okay. she is a uh, regular. She is That's a regular uh, on, the, on the program. And, and of course, uh, you know the, he's more popular than uh, than ever. But it all started at a science fiction convention in 1977 in France when they had a press conference and he st stood or, or actually set up there at the conference table and, and said that he believed that we were living in a computer uh, uh, you know, simulation and, and they looked at him like he was absolutely frigging ass mad. In fact, see, that's the difference between people into the, the paranormal and into science fiction. Science fiction uh, people, as a, a rule, only go by what their lords and masters, their mentors, uh, tell them. And of course, most of the the leading uh, people, uh, Isaac Asimov and uh, Ray Bradbury, uh, ha were uh, predisposed without ha ever having investigated any of this uh, to say that it was all uh, hogwash and. Okay, Tim, I need to interrupt you here because we are getting close to the end of the program, so we probably should give our guests a chance to let our audience know a little bit more about uh, where they can find out about them. I go so, along with that. Okay, Mark, what about you? Where can uh, people uh, find you online? Uh, basically, look me up on uh, Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Google+, Plus, which is shutting down soon, so probably won't find me there. Uh, <laughs> uh, basically, look, look, basically, look up Holds you about a podcast show, and I'm available on most sites. Listen in; you may find something interesting. You may not. I may get one listener. I'm quite <laughs> happy with that. All right, Mr. Lobo, what about you? Uh you can find Mr. Lobo. I, I'm very easy to find. I will find you. So uh, <laughs> keep, you, know, you can't hide from Mr. Lobo. Uh, cinemainsomnia.com. Uh, OSI 74 is my streaming channel, which we have a website also. Uh, you can add the channel on your Roku. Um, Cinema Insomnia is our, in our 17th year. We have a Patreon. We've got a Facebook fan page. Mr. Lobo's on Facebook. Uh, so, uh, like I said, not, not hard to find. We like to say they're not bad movies, just misunderstood. Uh, you know, join a cult. Why not? There you go. And, and I, I think we should put a plug in for our YouTube channel with now f over 400, uh, interviews. Thanks to Peter and our little animation there at the, uh, we don't know Dick, but we know Peter, uh, Mr. <laughs> UFOs. Mr. UFO's Secret Files. Go and take a uh, lick, a look. And uh, we'll, we'll see you next uh, week uh, with some more insanity. Insanity. Total insanity! You've been listening to Exploring the Bazaar with hosts Timothy Beckley and Tim Swartz. They're taking back the night by jetting non-stop across the cosmos in search of the truly bizarre and totally unexplained, with you as their co-pilot. Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern.
on the KCOR Digital Radio Network. For more information on exploring the bizarre and hosts Timothy Beckley and Tim Swartz, check out their KCOR Digital Radio Network. Follow their YouTube channel at MRUFO1100. Exploring the bizarre. This is KCOR Las Vegas, home of the Digital Radio Network. Broadcasting from a shack just south of Area 51. Wait, that doesn't exist. This is the KCOR Digital Radio Network. Now for the news.